How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Tea for the Queen podcast. The podcast where we try to keep our sanity in an era of staying woke. We explore current events and issues through the lens of feminism, progressive thought, discussion, peace, and love. My name is Tiara Burns. I am your host, and this is your episode. Okay, before we get started, have you ever thought about doing what I'm doing right now, starting your own podcast? Has anyone ever told you that it's complicated and you need a sound engineer or a studio and all this major equipment to do so? Well, you don't need that. All you need is the Anchor app. It's free. They will pair you with sponsors that they find for you. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And let's start the show. Did you know that it takes a woman on average 13 minutes and 41 seconds to have an orgasm, but it takes a man five to seven. Wait, I said that wrong. (laughs) 13 minutes and 41 seconds. I said that right to have an orgasm, but a man is five to seven minutes. Not fair ladies, right? So... Okay, so yes, we're talking to a sexpert today, but not in the way that you think. Uh, I just gave you that fact just to pull you in. I know that right now a lot of us are, we've had to be, you know, spend more time with ourselves more than we would have last year or right after the new year. Um, we're, we're at home more. And we are, um, how do I say, we're becoming creative with our um, our pleasure and we're embracing self-love in a way that a lot of people haven't done before. Um, self-care has been for some people how they've survived 2020. Um, them being, you know, taking care of themselves and loving on themselves um, just because we're, or you know, you know, we're usually so expected to love on other people. But this year, um, for those who are single of us, we have been at home. And even for some of us who are in long distance relationships, or um, even if, say, their partner works in the medical field and they don't live together, they're at home a lot of times this year. So I got to thinking about that. And I said, you know, I think that people just imagine that... Um, right now sex life and intimacy is not a thing but I think that it is thriving and well so I wanted to talk to um this wonderful intelligent uh sister and she's not sister of mine but I call her sister as a black woman but her name is Reba the Diva and she has a company called Sexpert Consultants where she basically teaches um she basically teaches adult sex education in a different type of way and her I mean you know what I'm not going to um I'm not gonna tell you too much more I'm just gonna let the tape roll and I will see you guys on the other side uh yeah enjoy Yeah, we'll see, you know, in December. <laughs> or January or never. <laughs> or never, you know. Of Donald Trump. Anyway, 
I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. That's like apocalyptic. I can't even. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I get. I feel you for sure. Oh man. So um, it's okay if you haven't listened to the podcast, but I talk about you know wellness and feminism, and I just uh, I just try to bring on people with interesting uh, interesting backgrounds and topics just to balance the um balance the whole aspect of you know staying woke and staying well and I brought you on because I wanted to talk about um, your business as well as sex education in general because I think that you know right now people are trying are learning differently especially as adults um, a different way to relate to our bodies and intimacy and yeah so just tell me about what you do. Yeah, so I am the CEO of a company called Sexpert Consultants, LLC, and we are a sex education company focused on bridging the gap in sexual health education among adults, right? Um, our The workshops that we teach are primarily pleasure positive, meaning like we focus on orgasms and how to give pleasure and how to receive pleasure and how you know our bodies function because I think when we learn sex ed we learn like how not to get pregnant and how not to contract STIs or STDs and maybe how to use a condom or at least here is a condom look at it and figure it out on your own right and so what we do is you know, we focus pleasure, like we center pleasure in our workshop. So it's like, not performance, not, you know, we do do tricks and tips, but it's not like, you know, I, I guess our whole tagline is prioritize your pleasure, right? And I think we are not taught as humans, but especially as women to prioritize our pleasure. And so that's what we do. Oh, and we also train people to do this work too, right? So we train people to do the workshops that we teach so that, you know, I could be like, oh no, I'm the only one who can teach these workshops that I made. Or I can be like, I can like replicate me in your city and my city and across the globe. So that's what we're trying to do. Okay. So tell me about the impetus. Like how did you, you know, what was the story behind Sexpert Consultants? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I've always been that friend that people go to for advice, just be, not because I was like, you know, trained on sex or anything as a kid, but because I was just, I mean, I educated myself and I was a little more adventurous okay. than others. Right. And so in college, I monetized that passion through a multi-level marketing company that was selling sex toys, right? You know, like Tupperware parties, we we're doing sex toy parties. And that was great. Um, but I realized that before I could sell a toy, I had to educate my audience, right? I had to tell people what a clitoris was and how penises worked and the types of orgasms people can have. And that was really like my passion. I was like, this is the fun part. So I started teaching my blow his mind fellatio workshop back in 2015 about five years ago Mm -hmm. and it was kind of as a joke like I was selling sex toys on the side and I was like oh well you know let's see if people would take a sex to a a blowjob class in DC and (sighs) it's sold out like they'll they'll take it (laughs) it's sold out and I was like okay so I was a nonprofit development professional I was writing grants for a living and working with the White House on like education initiatives I never thought (laughs) this would be like my full time um and so anyway the administration changed and I got laid off of my nonprofit job and I had a decision to make it was like okay I could go back into nonprofits which are you know you do the good work, but as long as the work is being funded by whatever administration is, you know, at the time. So my husband was like, look, you can go back to writing grants, which will be there forever, or you can try your hand at this business. Like you really have something here. And so I was like, all right, well, here goes nothing. And that was three years ago. So five years later, you know, all together, we're at Sexpert Consultants. And so I decided first to start offering more classes because people were like, well, where's the cunnilingus workshop? And do you have an anal workshop? And what about couples workshops? And so 
Right. So I got my certification um, through Indiana University's um, Center for Sexual Health Promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, their School of Public Health offers a 14-hour training. And so I started there. And uh, I got my certificate for sexual health promotion. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And I started partnering with gynecologists, pelvic floor therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a woman that I was working with named Jennifer Beeman. She was teaching this um, really cool way to like map your sexual experiences, but with like little blocks. Mm-hmm. So instead of using words, it was really cool. And I was like, okay these are all workshops that people need to have. And so we started developing more workshops and people just started coming to them. Um, And it was, you know, obviously my background is marketing. So I was like, all right, I can, you know, once I build it, I can get people to come. I just got to build it. And so I realized that I had a replicable model here because I had other people who were in the multi-level marketing company with me. I left Mm -hmm. before I, you know, ventured out on my own. Um, but I had other people who were like, you know, I really want to learn how to teach that blowjob workshop because you were making a lot of sales. And I was like, okay, well, let's do a training. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, that was two years ago, we branched out and started doing trainings for our four signature workshops, which are the Blow His Mind Fellatio workshop. We have our How to Eat Cake Cunnilingus workshop. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. A women's sensual self-care mm-hmm workshop and then we have couples pleasure mapping and so those are the four that we offer certifications in so a certification just means you are certified to teach our curriculum to your community okay that's really great so um my next question is because now you're I'm assuming you're teaching to adults correct you're Uh, only adults adults only so what do you think is missing for modern day sex education a pleasure focus. Mm. What does what right? does it, nobody what does mean? I'm sorry, go on. Right. So okay, so pleasure focus for young kids is like, do I enjoy the way I feel when others touch me certain ways? Right. Like hugs and kisses and allowing them to have autonomy over those things. Right. For older kids like middle school children, uh, pleasure looks like okay. We're not talking about having sex, but like know what your pleasure feels like when you what does your self-care pleasure look like is it self-massage or is it you know taking a nice shower or is it like you know what does that look like for you as a middle schooler right in high school you build on those things but you also start to talk about if you're going to tell children not to have sex but they're feeling these sexual feelings then you have to talk to them about sex and you also have to talk to them about masturbation Mm -hmm. And give them the tools that they need to have privacy to make their own decisions. And, you know, I think that's really what's missing because I get a lot of adults who are ashamed about sex or ashamed of their bodies Mm -hmm. or think they know everything and then know nothing or know nothing and are expected to know everything. Because like, if you think about heterosexual males in this society, right? Yeah. They're taught not to talk about sex. Don't talk about sex. You can't have sex. But when you're an adult, you can have sex. and You have to know how to make a person orgasm Mm -hmm. immediately. And it's like, and the person who has the clitoris oftentimes doesn't know how to make themselves orgasm either. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have to do a lot of teaching and unlearning. And so that's what's missing a focus on pleasure. So why do you, well, yeah, why do you think that, um, cause I know, I think the statistic was one in 10 women have not experienced an orgasm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Why do you think that is? Um, yeah, I, I, cause I don't know how that can happen, but yeah, just break that down. I think that, so it's really hard to like mm-hmm. quantify mm-hmm. why a person might not be having an orgasm. Yeah. But I know that for a lot of people, like the first thing is, hey, did you know that the majority of your clitoris is on the inside of your body? So, and that little nub that you see on the outside, for many people, you have to rub it to reach orgasm, Mm -hmm. right? For over 70% of people with clitorises, you have to rub the outer part of their clitoris for them to reach orgasm, which means penetration is not going to cut it alone. Mm -hmm. So if you are just so... 
How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Bread aisle, are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread. This is bread amplified. Fully penetrating yourself or being penetrated and not reaching orgasm, it's because you're not doing it right. (laughs) So it's like, you know, first you have to like understand, is it a user error, right? Or then is it, like like something else right because look clitoral dysfunction is not even like a diagnosed thing right we have erectile dysfunction and there's medication everywhere but how do you know if your clitoris isn't working wow, right yeah um so so vibrators help yeah. <laughs> i think i think if you've tried a vibrator mm-hmm. both internally and externally and you haven't reached an orgasm then that's when it's time to see a professional, right? And figure out what's going on. Okay, so um, we are in 2020, correct? Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of- Are we still? Huh? Yeah, we're still here. We're still here. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of us are at home and um, seeking pleasure ourselves with ourselves. And also when it comes to dating and, you know, before the pandemic happened, more people were switching to online dating just because our lives for some reason, well, there's many reasons are more busier now and it just seems like an easier option. So you, do you think that the online um, online dating has contributed or harmed uh, the sex positive movement or the pleasure positive movement? And I, I asked that question because, I think online- sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I asked that question just because a lot of, um, a lot of what you see is, okay, you get on these sites and people are just looking for one thing, whether it's grinder or Tinder or anything like that. And it doesn't leave space for anyone to feel like, okay, am I really enjoying this? Or am I just getting this quick fix of, you know, satisfaction and not necessarily enjoying it? Yeah. You, you know, you're so right. I, um, I do think that technology is helping us connect in faster and more vast ways than we ever could have thought. Mm-hmm. Like I can connect with someone in another country a lot more quickly than I would have been able to, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. But I do think that it's creating a culture, this hookup culture, right? Mm-hmm. And hookup culture is devoid of intimacy, Mm. right? And the craziest part is (laughs) hookup culture comes in my mind out of a need for intimacy. And for many people, especially millennials, right? And and younger, we feel like the only time we get intimacy is during sex, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like this quick fix intimacy, but we're not being intimate with each Mm other, right? And so it just becomes really super transactional. And there's a lot of just passion and intimacy that is not, it's not there. Um, yeah. And so I think, I think what's cool is those folks who can like find that hybrid balance, right? You can meet someone online, but to get to know them, right. And then to, because it's hard to have intimacy with someone you don't know. Yeah. At all, right. It's how can you be intimate? There is no deep knowing, right? But once you get to know someone, you can create intimacy. So I'm I'm saying that it's possible, but is that the goal for most folks? No. Mm. So uh, what does intimacy truly mean? And what does it look like? So intimacy, ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. So intimacy is not just what we feel during sex and with sexual partners, right? Intimacy is what we feel when we share special moments with our friends mm-hmm. and family. It's when we connect with a person and can be vulnerable, right? And feel accepted, right? So the opposite of intimacy in my mind is embarrassment, 
Mm. right? That vulnerability without acceptance. And it's like, oh, I feel embarrassed. But intimacy is vulnerability with acceptance. And that feels so good, right? Um, Whether it's romantic or platonic or familial or what. So I think we're lacking a lot of intimacy in our lives on all of those fronts. And we are trying to replace it with sex. And, And intimacy can be gained beyond your romantic relationships. So just food for thought. Yeah. So we're replacing, you say we're replacing intimacy with sex. So are we, do you think that, I guess, do you think that leads to why a lot of people are single? I'm single right now and I'm on this group. Um, I'm not sure if you heard of it, but it's called Black Single and Degreed. And it is, um, <laughs> it's on Facebook. It's about 2000 Black folks with degrees. And we are all just like, and they're trying to find find each other. And it just seems to me like um, even the language or the discussion that comes on to that group, it's not necessarily about, you know, finding a partner or what it means to connect with someone. It's really about, um, it's just not intimacy focus. So do you think that, um, I don't know, have we just not been taught to, you know, know how to build intimacy, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially for heterosexual folks, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, and, and male bodied people, like they are socialized to not be intimate, right. To not mm-hmm. display emotion, to not like, these are all things that are viewed as weak. And so when we value a lack of compassion, mm-hmm. of course, intimacy is going to fall through the cracks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, especially when we start talking about people of color, yes. it's really hard to find safe spaces to be vulnerable. We don't know how to create a safe space and we don't know how to operate within a safe space, right? And I'm not saying none of us do, but I'm saying it's it's challenging, yeah. right? If you've never been in that space, um, and so, and, and creating a safe space is like, you know, my husband had to tell me about this. Let's, let's get into this real quick. Okay. okay? <laughs> my biggest problem was that my husband was having a hard time, like opening up and being vulnerable mm-hmm. with me. And I value intimacy in my relationships. And he was like, you know, it's really hard to be intimate and vulnerable with you when you're mad at me and you throw it back in my face. And I was like, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. He was like. The last time I told you, you know, I didn't like it when you talked to me a certain way. When you got mad, would you say, well, this is why I talked to you like that, right? You brought it right back into my face. And so that made him feel like he didn't have a safe space. And I could see that, right? And so you have to recognize that when you're creating vulnerable spaces and intimate spaces, right? Those spaces exist outside of whatever anger or whatever you feel, because that's the first thing that we want to go to when we're hurt. We want to hurt someone so it's like oh let me go to your most vulnerable place so that's when we build up those walls right it's like I'm never letting anybody into this space ever again because I've been hurt Mm -hmm. guarding up my walls and then and then the intimacy can't get in so like I said before it's a delicate balance it's a delicate dance I think many of us could use a little therapy because therapy helps create intimacy in a like professional setting so it's like oh I have a place where I can be safe so that you don't have to rely on your partners to be that only safe space for you you know one thing I've noticed and this is just um a side note that I am I've actually become more comfortable being vulnerable and open with my therapist than I am in my relationships have you ever encountered that Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. Look, I'm not going to vent to my husband about what (laughs) I vent to my therapist about, but that's the point, right? Because there's a space I'm, I am paying this person to hold space for me, to hold a safe space for me so that I don't have to, you know, I can have more uh, intimate relationship because I've gotten it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, Ooh, Esther Perel has a really good book called, um, mating in captivity oh Hmm. and she talks a lot about how the biggest like problem in relationships is that we Mm -hmm. rely on our partners to be our lover our best friend our therapist our brother our sister you know what I mean Mm -hmm. our confidant our financial advisor our everything and that's Mm -hmm. a lot 
of pressure. And it makes you not look at your partner in a very sexy way. If you are relying and they're relying on you for all of those things, you're not going to look at your partner the same when they act like your mom or your dad, like that's mm, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So the more you can outsource, right. Those those roles. Yeah. Yeah, right like you have friends they should be helping provide intimacy for you so you don't have to beg your partner for intimacy every single night That's true you know what i'm saying yeah. um i don't know that that has been really helpful just personally for me to just really recognize the ways in which i receive my intimacy and give my intimacy and am i being codependent right is this a codependent intimate relationship that's how uh, or is it- that's how what's her name jada pinkett smith got in trouble she was looking for a codependent mm-hmm. relationship entanglement yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay so speaking okay so this is not even on our list but speaking of entanglements do you think that um being more pleasure pleasure positives focus in your intimate relationships do you think that that will contribute to someone not seeking out entanglements or falling into entanglements in in their relationships? I think it, um, I, I can't say Mm -hmm. no, right. Because I think that it, when you have multiple places where you get your intimacy, Mm -hmm. I do think the need for intimacy from multiple people all the time decreases because you're fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Right. But there are people in this world, shout out to the poly community. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, sure. Right? <laughs> who, who can, you know, openly and freely love mm-hmm. and get intimacy from multiple places. But it is not easy. Like, that's not an easy thing. And it takes a lot of talking and a lot of intimacy and a lot of vulnerability and a lot of planning and a lot of, like, learning how to communicate your hurt feelings which is something that people don't do well either Mm -hmm. so uh you know I I don't know I can't say that it would make you less likely to like step out on your partner but Mm -hmm. I do think I do think it would make you Mm reevaluate right because look the truth is most people step out on their partners because they are seeking some type of intimacy yeah physical intimacy, emotional mm-hmm. intimacy. And if you are getting those things from other places, then you are less likely to need it in abundance mm-hmm. from one people. So got it. Yeah. So um, we talked about creating spaces, uh, creating spaces as far as intimate space. Now there's a thing called sensual self-care. What does that look like? And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you, you're expanding that past just masturbation, but what is sensual self-care? Oh, I love that you said that. I love that you say we're expanding this past just masturbation because that's what people think. They're like, oh, sexual self-care, sensual self-care. That's just touching myself. I do that. But it's not, it's beyond that. So sensual self-care is, I'm all about pleasure, mm-hmm. right? So sensuality is enjoyed through the senses right Mm -hmm. it's expressed and enjoyed through the senses so so when we think about self-care we think about like yoga bath time facial spot like that kind of stuff right but we really don't like when you think about sensual self-care sexual self-care the thing you think about is oh masturbation Mm -hmm. But really, sensual self-care, in my mind, is learning how to seduce yourself through your senses. Mm. So what sights, sounds, smells, tastes, and touches turn you on, make you feel relaxed, make you feel pleasure, Mm. right? How do you seduce yourself? Because it's one thing to masturbate. Cool. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to really seduce yourself and make a habit of it, right? That's just introducing pleasure into your life. I'm reading this book right now called Pleasure Activism Mm -hmm. by Adrian Marie Brown. I please, if you are a Black woman, Mm -hmm. please read this book. Like just... (laughs) I wish I could just buy a copy for everybody and just send it to every Black woman I know because pleasure activism is all about pleasure as a form of resistance. Mm -hmm. 
right? People try so hard to steal our joy. Mm -hmm. And what an act of empowerment and how powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. The Coca-Cola Company, Cure Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo are bringing consumers more choices with less sugar than ever before. In fact, nearly 60% of beverages sold contain zero sugar. Visit balanceus.org to learn more. Power it is for you to make room for your pleasure. Every day I try to do something for 30 minutes that brings me pleasure. Wow. Every day. Because if I don't, I won't ever. Because nobody is prioritizing my pleasure. No one. Mm-hmm. especially if I'm not okay you got to lead by example so I'm sorry I didn't mean to preach today. no I preach just- <laughs> say what you gotta say I like that you said that because um when I first because uh, you know I'm in the UK but when I first came over here um what I kind of got and what I started to feel this was like in the like in June the world not the world but the country was like you know on fire, I started to feel guilty about leaving the country. I was like, how, you know, my mind, I'm like, how can I leave? You know, my people are fighting. I need to stay here and be about them. But every, every like month I've had to remind myself, you know, those who came before me, they did not have, they did not take the time for themselves, you know, like they didn't go and do something that would make them happy. So when I, when you say sensual self-care, I even think about my decision to come over here as a part of that, because I guess, um, I guess you could say it's something that I needed to do. And even when, um, people ask me, oh, have you, have you not paid attention? Do you not know what's going on? Do you not know what's going on? I'm like, I'm taking my audacity and my right <laughs> to take care of myself. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you deserve that. Look, mm-hmm. you and your ancestors have been dealing with this country for years, decades. <laughs> okay. So how dare you Mm. how dare you black woman Mm -hmm. how dare you prioritize your pleasure and your rest right resist exactly (laughs) (laughs) honey resist and and bask in the privilege Mm -hmm. of being able to resist in this way right? And bask in the privilege of knowing that, yes, people died for your right to be over there. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, so let's, let's not put that guilt on ourselves. You don't, you don't need that guilt. Okay. You and your ancestors have worked hard enough. Very hard. Okay. (laughs) And, And you're gaining experiences that many women like you don't even have access to. So this is not just for you. This is for us all. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Do not, do not. <laughs> Don't do that to yourself. Thank Don't you. do that. Because imagine having passed up on this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I would have regretted. And I've passed up so many times for relationships, for people, just. And I was depleting and- myself. Hmm? Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, oh, I don't, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But I'm gonna just go real quick. Okay. <laughs> People act like these are new problems mm-hmm. that we are facing. Like, it's like, how could you leave in the middle of all of this? In the middle of the last 300 years? Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to wait another 300 years? Mm-hmm. Like, no, absolutely not. This is America is just opening its eyes again, like discovering it is not innocent and saying, oh, we have to do something. And that ain't your problem. Okay. This is true. I didn't make these problems. No. And yeah, I just didn't make these problems. You didn't. So I want to get back to sensual self-care. <laughs> 
sorry. <laughs> so central self-care. So what are some, just give me, without giving me your entire class, what are some things people can do to practice central self-care? Yeah. Okay. Those, those, this is good. Um, and I can give you like, I'll give you like three. Okay. okay. So we think about this, the senses, right? It's really easy. When I say this, people are like, oh, but this is so super simple. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. So think about your senses. The top three are sight, mm-hmm. smell, and touch, right? Mm-hmm. So think about what sights turn you on. What kind of porn are you watching? Mm-hmm. Are you into um, erotic art, mm-hmm. right? Is it just the undressing that gets you right like what sites is it that arouse you and how can you expose yourself to those sites in a safe and legal way (laughs) 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 then let's move on so so let's think about it right Mm -hmm. like for me when I want to be in a sensual mood I like to watch um there's this scene from Jason's lyric. I'm so old. I'm so old. It's okay. So um, there's this sex scene from Jason's lyric that I just be like, mm, yes. Like, it's not a porno. There's no penises or anything coming out. But I look at it and I'm like, oh, yes. And like, it gets me all tingly. And that's something that if I just want to stir things up for myself, I'll go ahead and watch that. Hmm. Then I'll, I will um, do the next thing, which is uh, smell, right? So scents are something that help uh, with memory recall. Mm. And so I, uh, I've known my husband for 17 years. Wow. And when I met him, I was wearing Love Spell from Victoria's oh Secret. <laughs> That's a throwback. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But so when I, I, we have a candle, you know, they make them in candles. Now. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, so we, I lit my love spell. I light my love spell candle after I put my my Jason's lyric on. I light my love spell candle, and now I'm in the mood. Like I'm back in the day. I'm like, you know, hot to try, ready to go. I get in the shower, right? But before I get in the shower, because that's where touch comes in. <laughs> but before I get in the shower, I um, I'll take some massage oil mm-hmm. and I'll just rub myself down, like, and just really deliberately, like long strokes slow strokes just to get my skin and soft and to feel like that feels good that makes me feel it also stirs things right because it's like mm, I'm touching myself I am the like best lover that I could ever have so mm, I'm touching myself <laughs> and then I get into the shower and that's where it all goes down right mm-hmm. then this is my self-seduction and we're only talking about three senses right now right imagine if I incorporated the other five that would be a, a a hour to two hour long pleasure experience right so so that's what you can do right what is your pleasure ritual start building it now right mm-hmm. start with your site and then incorporate some sounds put on some shade again i'm old okay <laughs> um then you want to you know bring in your your um your tastes right like what are you gonna I love a little chocolate mm-hmm. right while I'm watching my little Jason's lyric I'm eating my little Ghirardelli chocolate oh, yeah, yeah. I got you <laughs> right but I'm I'm seducing myself in ways beyond just my genitals and so I, that's a, that's my sensual self-care like challenge to folks outside of touching yourself what do you do to seduce yourself mm. And turn that into your ritual. Seduce yourself once a week. Once a week. Wow, that's good. (laughs) Some people don't think about themselves once a month. Wow, that's really great. So when you're doing your sensual self-care, you've basically allowed yourself and you've given yourself consent to do that. It's a a shame that we even have to think about like giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. You know what I mean? And love on us. It's wild. But I think that with time it'll change through practice do you think that um the language around consent especially when it comes to partners has changed um in the group I told you about I hear like a lot of you know heterosexual men saying they don't know you know how do they you know make consent sexy you know how how does someone do that 
consent always has and always will be sexy i agree (laughs) if a person if a person walks up to you especially a person who you've been you know romantically dating Mm -hmm. or talking to or having romantic conversations with if they come up to you and they say hey i would like to do x y and z Mm -hmm. and you're like yeah i'm down yeah guess what that's consent like this is this is how you ask for consent it's not dorky like can i please touch you here like please come on your game got to be better than that bro and if it's not that ain't on me <laughs> what i mean that i thought that's why game was invented to get consent like what is happening here (laughs) no like people are like the game is invented to get the draws exactly and so the whole point is consent Mm -hmm. right right so how are you what's your game show me your game uh yeah i hear you it's (laughs) kind of like okay we're adults here why don't you know how to do that in a way that it doesn't feel like you know you're signing a permission slip yeah like why are you why are you not good at not being a creep is the real question exactly how have you been getting consent before that's the real question have (sighs) have you been getting consent at all before yikes but you know Mm -hmm. i think this is like a startling revelation again like we're not teaching consent in schools Mm -hmm. little boys don't know any better and i'm not like condoning these things but i'm saying like i have to tell my 12 year old son sometimes like hey your sister said don't touch her don't touch her what are you doing right and not in a bad way but like you know they're just playing around and she'll be like no don't touch me and like even if she didn't mean it don't touch her okay you know what i mean like but we don't teach them that we don't teach our little girls either hey if if you say don't touch me and someone keeps touching you you have the right to fight back. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or you have the right to tell an adult, right? Like we don't we don't tell them how to say no and we don't tell teach we don't teach people how to say no and we don't teach people how to like earn a yes. Mm-hmm. And so of course we have this conundrum on our hands now and everybody's mm-hmm. so afraid and are so afraid that like they're gonna say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And it's like, you know. Now you're like unwrapping your privilege. Good job. Mm. You learn like, oh, like I, oh, this is is physically intimidating. And I probably should talk to her about like how she feels. Oh, oh, I didn't know. Yes, you did it. And now you do Do better. They're all, they're so afraid of getting hashtag me too. Like they're so afraid of that. And when I hear that, I just tell them like, look, you haven't been taught what it is to give consent you don't you know our society is patriarchal so it doesn't teach that it teaches hunting without Mm -hmm. any type of consent so that's why we're both we're in this situation you you know you have to ask it's it's not that hard to ask but you brought up a, a lack of um we keep talking about the lack of education and sex in schools and um I I didn't get sex education until I was like in the sixth grade. But even before then, I was like reading Cosmo myself, <laughs> learning everything. Me too. <laughs> Which is, you know, it, it taught me a lot, taught me some tricks. But um, but one thing that I've always like, I've always said is that there's also a lack of sex education from a non-hetero uh, viewpoint you know what what is the what's the steps and you know how would someone even like incorporate that in their child to teach them okay this is sex education if you are a member of the lgbt community you know yeah so i think the the real issue is like just not teaching about sexual diversity in general mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. so like if you're concerned that like okay I'm teaching my child sex ed and they're they may be a queer person mm-hmm. and and I don't know how to teach queer sex ed mm-hmm. the sex ed that I teach is not different between queer people and heterosexual people it's not I am teaching about how bodies function mm-hmm. right we're teaching about how orgasms work mm-hmm. right and we're talking about the risks of sex right Mm -hmm. now i think one of the biggest harms that i see as a queer person Mm -hmm. is the definition of sex for folks yes okay right like when we talk about ti 
and his daughter and like checking Girl. to see if she's been if her hymen is broken which is complete like that's not even like sex as a sex educator that is not accurate right some people are born without hymen some people are born with hymen that are larger and can you know what i mean like it's just there's so many things yeah. yeah there's so <laughs> many like nuances when it comes to that right if she was athletic it could have broken when she you know there's just a lot okay the other thing is if she's a lesbian then she's gonna be a virgin <laughs> to her daddy on her. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was like, like, oh god, oh god. <laughs> so, like, you're out here wishing, like, checking to make sure she hasn't had sex, but you don't even know what the definition of sex really mm-hmm. is. Like, what is sex for real mm-hmm. to your child? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think when we start to define sex as shared sexual pleasure between two people mm, okay right i like that and right that's consensual mm. sex shared sexual exploration let's not even call it pleasure because sometimes it's not pleasure sometimes it's exploration and you're like dang we ain't find it so um <laughs> sexual exploration between two people that's sex right so if we're talking about sex in that way then the risks then become the same for everyone, yeah. like the the play, the playing field kind of levels, right? So when we're talking about like putting, like penetrating, right? We're talking about the barrier method. Mm-hmm. We're talking about finger cots or finger condoms. Mm-hmm. We're talking about um, just, the, we're talking about dental dams, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking about beyond just penis condoms. We're talking about the risks and the tools that are available to folks, right? Mm-hmm. So when you don't teach sex ed that is appropriate for everyone then people who like if I think I'm heterosexual and I get sex ed now and I'm like okay I got it and then I'm come to find out I'm actually queer okay well now what I like I have to relearn everything like no that's not how sex ed should be taught right I agree yeah Yeah, you kind of have to relearn through the l word or you know however you can get information yeah but then you get a, even more comprehensive sex ed like as like okay so i'm bisexual and as oh, a too. gay hey, person mm-hmm. hey. <laughs> <laughs> so so as a gay person like when i came out as like homo mm-hmm. right which was like the most shocking thing i was like oh my god i didn't know any of these things like how do you not like just as a woman how was i not like privy to- <laughs> just so much about my own body and like ways to get orgasms right the first time I ever had a trepidation an orgasm from trepidation I was just like oh wow oh god oh my god oh oh, sex (laughs) (laughs) is this like are you on my list now yeah Hmm. That was definitely an orgasm. So, do I have a separate list, or you know, like, is it all the same? (laughs) Yeah. So that is so funny. Yeah. No, I um, I tried to tell myself I had a separate list, but I don't. It's all the same. They're all the same. I I used to say, look, if I did an orgasm, it doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. Which meant I had sex with a lot less. Yeah, that's people. how I think. I think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> hey, only orgasms count. That's how I feel. Okay, and who's counting anyway? Right? Yeah. Like, why are we counting? Why are we counting? Because of patriarchy. That's why. Right. That's why. Right. Mm. Yeah, virginity is valuable. But anyways, and that's a myth. We could talk for days. <laughs> Right, we could, because, you know, there's this tweet going around, like, oh, we're not calling it virginity anymore, we're calling it sexual debut, that's what it is, Mm. that is what it is, because it's way less shameful, because it's gonna happen, Mm. right, so it's way less shameful, you feel autonomy over, oh, when am I gonna make my debut, instead of when am I gonna lose my virginity, when am I gonna make my debut, Mm -hmm. oh, girl, Mm -hmm. my daughter's not making her debut till she's 18, but she's gonna be ready, though, exactly, For me, I, I told myself, you know, it's when I made the decision. That was it. That was it. But I really like my debut. I think that that to me that has a little little seasoning on it. I like that. I like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it is a little pressure though. Like I think about my lesbian debut and I was like, mm, I should have took a little more classes before I started. Yeah. <laughs> I embarrassed myself. <laughs> Me too. Embarrassed. Yeah. But I teach a cutting linguist class now, so that's good. <laughs> See, you learn, you learn, you took notes. You learn, you pass you it on. Right, because if there was somebody who could have taught me back then, I probably would have been more ready for my debut. That's good. That's good. Well, um, I don't, you know, you've answered everything except for one. Um, the question, the last question I have for you is, and this is like a complete opposite swing of where we are right now. This one is about, you know, how was someone um, on their journey to become more sex positive and pleasure positive? How would they embrace, um, how would they embrace themselves after experiencing sexual violence or trauma? Oh, yeah, this is a great one. Mm. Um, Because I think a lot of people get into this work after having experienced sexual trauma, right? And this work helps to help them help others who have been in their in their shoes and so um the first thing I would say is it is necessary for you to begin your process of healing Mm -hmm. right um with support Mm -hmm. whether that is through group therapy or with a therapist or you know with a support group you have got to talk about your experiences and you've got to start the healing process, right? Um, The other thing is your journey to Mm self-pleasure may actually help that trauma, Mm -hmm. right? It may help you mentally and physically process that trauma, right? But I would not recommend doing that without support, Mm. right? So making sure you have mental health supports in place. Mm. And then um, starting, you know, from the very basics, right? Uh, I have a lot, I don't want to say a lot. I have a few clients who do my private one-to-one sensual self-care workshops who are either victims of sexual abuse or some kind of sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think what's important to note is like when you've experienced trauma, whether it's violent trauma or even whether it's like pain during sex for the past two to 10 years, right? That's also trauma and your body develops a physical response to that, right? And so if you want to have a closer relationship with pleasure for yourself, then you've got to explore your body and what brings your body relaxation and what brings your body pleasure, right? And so maybe starting with pleasure is too much for you, right? So start with relaxation, right? The same things I talked about, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell, what relaxes you, what releases your brain and helps drop it down into your body, so that then we can start working on the physical and letting go of, you know, our brain being like outside of our bodies. The brain is the biggest sexual organ in your body, mm. right? It's not between, it's between your ears, not between your legs. So when your brain is focused on experiences outside of your body, then it's really hard for your body to be in tune with its pleasure. So work on your mental health. Then begin to explore your body through your senses. Start with your senses. Like you don't have to start by touching yourself. What relaxes you? What brings you pleasure? Um, but make sure you have support. I can't say that enough. You you need support. Do you and you, do you stress support because a lot of people who are victims do they not usually seek support? Do they try to heal themselves on their own? Some they do. And I'm not saying that you can't heal yourself on your own, but I'm saying that like it is a lot easier to. Heal yourself on your own when you have support. Mm. (laughs) You can do the work on your own. You can. You can show up to group and just listen, right? Mm -hmm. But you need the support. Yes, I do think a lot of people try to do this on their own. They try to heal from trauma 
on their own. They think that they are singular in the trauma that they experience. There is no one who would understand their story or their problems because no one has ever experienced this trauma like I have. Mm -hmm. But when you have support, you recognize that you are not alone in this, Mm -hmm. that you have a foundation, you know, you are not alone. And I think, yeah, I think that's the one thing that I wish more folks who are dealing with trauma knew is that you are not alone and that there is support out here for you. And I, I like that you... um And that you can't heal. Yeah. And I, I think that um you mentioned, you know, you're not alone. I think that healing is a long process and sometimes it takes people longer or a lifetime to go through their healing. Um, and... I feel that when you're doing it with people, it allows you to be more, you know, open to having more people in your life and, you know, restoring that trust within yourself and within other people, because it can be a difficult place to start from. And it helps you create platonic intimacy, Mm -hmm. right? Support groups and having support gives you the intimacy, right? That you may crave and desire, right? that is not sexual. And so, yeah, I'm, I totally agree. Well, um, well, thank you so much, Reba. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to leave the listeners with, especially about your, um, your company's expert consultants? Yeah. So um, thank you for having me. This was a wonderful conversation. Uh, If you want to learn more about what I do personally, you can find me online on all social platforms at Reba the Diva Mm -hmm. um, or at RebaTheDiva.com. But if you want to learn more about the workshops and pleasure positive sex ed, then you want to go to SexpertConsultants.com. Okay. Well, Thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your year and uh, bye to your fur grandbaby if, if, uh, <laughs> if they're still on your lap. Bye, Cassius. Bye. 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 <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Reba. Have a great after- a great evening. You do the same. Right, bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. That has been our show. Remember, if you need to reach out to Reba for anything or you want to do one of her parties or, you know, anything of the nature of what she talked about, feel free to reach out to her at sexpertconsultants.com or you can find her on Instagram or even her website is Reba the Diva. I know that you guys took a lot from today. I hope that you start to think about how you relate to your sexual life um, internally, externally, and uh, I guess you can say partnerally or, you know, relationally in a relation way. But I really enjoyed this this episode. Reba was a blast to talk to. We really had a great time. Um, Once again, if you guys have any questions, um, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can go to tforthequeen.com or you can email us at contacttforthequeen at gmail.com. Um, if you know you want to share the podcast with someone, I've actually produced the podcast on a YouTube. So I've decided to move the videos, not just on the Patreon, but also put them on the YouTube channel as well for anybody who wants to see them. Um, everyone's not an audio person. Me, I love audio. I really do. But if that's not for you, that is completely okay. You can check it out at YouTube, on YouTube, sorry. And it is called the Tea for the Queen podcast. And you'll see some of the videos there. Um, Once again, my name is Tiara. I have been your host for today's episode. Remember, remember that sensual self-care is not always sexual. Make it a holistic experience. All right. Thank you guys so much. Stay woke. Stay well. Stay thriving. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Share the episode. Review it. And please give me a rating in Apple iTunes. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Stay woke. Stay well. And stay thriving. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. 
Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month and discover what it truly means to drive a truck that's built to serve. Ram 3500 with an available legendary Cummins engine. Ram TRX, the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. And Ram 1500, ranked number one in driver appeal among large light-duty pickups in 2022. That's three years in a row by J.D. Power. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.